0: Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hi, babe. How are you? Well, and better than you, you sound like you have oh my a little fish can cold. <laughs> again, I, I stick again. again, I have a cold again. I had a, a a lurgy teenager coughing in my mouth all weekend. But so if I sound nasal, <laughs> that's right. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, I, I was thinking about how when I was stuck in the drinking cycle, how I didn't seem to get. Sick very often like so this is gonna okay let me see if i can spit this out in a in a good way um since being free from alcohol i feel like i'm almost getting sick more than when i was stuck in the drinking cycle but it's but i'm not actually getting sick it's that i'm so alert i'm so attuned to just slight changes in my body and my mind and how i'm feeling i'm paying attention to how i'm like I have a sensitivity to that in a good way that I can catch, like as I'm coming down at something versus when I'm stuck in the drinking cycle, where, I mean, I would have to be like laid out for me to finally be like, oh, I think I'm sick, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and it's so it's so different now, and it's one of those like surprise gifts of being free from alcohol is that I actually can notice when I'm, starting to not feel really good and maybe I'm trying to catch something and I can up my vitamin D and my vitamin C and I can be, you know, make sure I get extra sleep and drink more water. You know, those kinds of things that um, keep me from being, you know, laid out forever. So I I rarely get laid out anymore. Yeah. Does does Uh, any of that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. I feel like when I was drinking though, I got sick all the time because I was just so run down and I couldn't have, I couldn't fight anything. But I understand what you're saying. I feel like you can feel it now. And I, I knew what was happening, right? So had a six teenager that wanted to just watch Go More Girls for two days straight, like coughing literally in my face. And I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going I yeah. to happen. But you know what? As we said before we hit record, like we'll take all the teenage love that we can get. So if it means having a cold for a few days because I got those, those snuggles and, and stuff, then I'll take it. I'll take it. And that's another benefit of being free from alcohol because before, if I had a sick kid, I'd be like, literally ain't nobody got time for this. And yeah. yes, I wanna be the mom that is taking care of them, but also like I don't wanna get I don't wanna get sick. Whereas now it's like I've never felt healthier, I've never been healthier. And so I'm I am gonna take those sick snuggles and if I get sick, so be it, because I know I'll, you know, I'll be okay, yeah. I'll be okay, I'll fight it off. Like there's another yeah. another angle there of all those surprise surprise gifts. So good, so true. So good, <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, what I... are we talking about today, babe? <laughs> what are we talking about? So I think this is something that, like, how many? If you had a all the time, every time you heard all this. the time, <laughs> all the time, all the time. Do, do we have to say forever when it comes do you get to every single discovery call? Because I do. I think. Oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. It's where everybody starts, I think, is like, because it's that, well, if I'm going, if I'm committing to doing this work and starting this journey, I need to know ahead of time that I don't have to say forever, maybe. That, I mean, that's the only opening I'm going to have for doing this yeah. work. Like, they don't know that yet. I didn't know that right. yet. But I know it's- that when I was stuck in that drinking cycle, I forever in my model of what you either had a you didn't have a problem with drinking and you were fine or you had a pro- you had a problem with drinking and you were a quote unquote alcoholic and then you had to say you weren't drinking forever and then trying every single day to not drink. Like that was, yeah. that was its own. There was and like I didn't, I consciously did not pay attention to my drinking or want to change my relationship to alcohol for a long time because I thought that it had to be forever. And I just, that's, yeah. I'm so glad yeah. it's not. Yeah. And I think this, it works so well to talk to it from a Christian lens too. It's like, we don't know what the word forever means. Like, we Mm -hmm. have no idea. Like, we know we have an eternal life. We know we have a place in the kingdom, all that good stuff. But, like, we don't know what that means or really looks like apart from what we're given. And so, to me, it was just like that word is confusing, right? Like, it just so. I just, I love taking the word forever completely off the table because I don't think it's something we can even grasp grasp our mortal lines around, you know? Yeah. And similarly, if we are Christians and we're living, letting God show us how to be and what to do and letting our lives be guided by God's will for us, then we don't even have to ask questions like that because yeah. God will make it apparent, you know, that like what we should or shouldn't do continue to do or whatever so yeah should we talk about like some of the ways that like the word like this question gets brought up because i feel like i've heard it phrased like Mm -hmm. um you know well what about when my son gets married you know and the son's like Mm. (laughs) twelve. yeah Yes. Yeah. What about that future wedding or that future anniversary or that future trip? Like, right. Which is is what we as humans like just automatically do because that's what our brains do. Right. Is we get really caught up in future big milestone occasions that we think that alcohol is going to somehow enhance. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard a lot Mm -hmm. about like the future stuff. What about you? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Because there's that that fear of it's the way that those those moments have been visualized already for us it's like alcohol has been a part of that in some way because it and it speaks to that you know that allure or that conditioning that we have around it being necessary for these you know special occasions and celebration and all of that when it's when it's that future space it's almost a way of like asking that question is almost a way of giving an an excuse in a sense not to not to start the journey i think oh Yo, yeah uh, you know and and that's and that's where that that's where coaching comes in it's like okay well what is it about your son's wedding in 100 years that <laughs> that you know like how do you want to feel on that day and what is going to be what is important about that moment and how do you see alcohol enhancing that and is it possible that alcohol could get in the way of that? And how does that affect today? And I mean, of course, this is where all the like the coaching questions come in. But yeah, for sure. That's that's how I hear it most used. It's like that like thing that's out there in the future. How am I going to, you know, but what if I want to have it then? Well, you can have it whenever you want it. I can yeah. have it whenever I want to. You can, Christy, you can have it whenever you want. We can have alcohol anytime we want to. Mm-hmm. We just haven't wanted to for a really long time. Praise God. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. It's so true. There's, there's always choice, right? There's always, always Mm -hmm. choice. And I think a lot of times then the, 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 the opposite to, well, if I don't have to say forever, then it's one day at a time, right? Which like, let's just really confuse everybody. We also don't love that, right? (laughs) Because of course it's like one day at a time, However, every single but, day doesn't have to be a slog and every single day doesn't have to be miserable and you're not going to be thinking one day at a time forever if you eliminate the way that you view alcohol, right? If you if you take away all the perceived benefits, which there are many, it doesn't become this like, oh gosh, here we go. I'm waking up. like you and I don't operate like that, right? Like we don't operate where we wake up and we're like, okay, okay. Here's another day. One more day. One wow. day at a time. Just barely hanging on. <laughs> I could not imagine. That was crazy-making to me. That idea. Yeah, and that kept me stuck drinking because I thought it had to be forever. And I thought also in the same at the same time. Just taking it one day at a time. Like I had both of those as conditioned beliefs as to like, okay, if I want to change my relationship to alcohol, I'm forced into having to I have to wait for that rock bottom, then I'm forced into doing it, and then I have to take it one day at a time, but then I also have to say forever. And it's so not true because to your point, it's not about removing alcohol and it's not about quitting drinking. Okay. Here's here's the big, the big yeah. secret, you guys. Yeah. This isn't about yeah. quitting drinking. Yeah. This is about changing your desire for alcohol if Mm -hmm. it is not serving you if it is if you can it's the yes and yes i can't imagine never drinking it again and it's also probably getting in the way of a lot of things in my life okay well that is a really great starting point to go don't have to talk about quitting drinking this is not about quitting drinking it is about changing your desire so that therefore there isn't any daily struggle it's not one moment at a time i was just out of town with my husband. It's beautiful beach. We had a conference. We went. It was amazing. Everybody's around. There's football games on, you know, on the outdoor bars and the TVs and all on Saturday. You know, everyone's having a, everybody else is having this, what looks like this amazing time with their cocktails. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I am so glad that I'm not doing that anymore. I yeah. would have absolutely been in that mix. But here we are at this beautiful place with this beautiful beach and I'm not experiencing that. Like, wow, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. And by the way, I'm sitting around it and everybody's drinking it and I'm going, do I want that? No. Do I want that? Nope. Like I can ask that question and not be afraid of the answer. And the answer is always no. It has been for four years, right? Three, four. Yeah, four years, which is that is because I changed my desire to drink. It's not because I quit drinking. Yeah. Such a big difference. Yeah, I love I just, that so I just much. Way went off on a tangent there. <laughs> no, you didn't. I loved it, and it, it reminds me of the Taylor Swift concert. All <laughs> comes all comes back to Taylor, um, because yeah. that's exactly how I felt at that concert. Right? Like it was. I looked at the moms around me in the line, the two-hour merch line. Right? Like who mm-hmm. were having the beers delivered to the line, and I'm just thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore." I'm so mm-hmm. glad that's not me. Not like, oh, my gosh, I, I have to get through this. Am I going to be able to do it? Like, it looks mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look good. <laughs> no, oh, it listen. didn't. You know what? It's not so funny. I had this thought this weekend, too, as I was like, just I love being. A, that's like my favorite thing now is being a fly on the wall as someone who is like sober minded, clear headed, fully present, fully in these situations. Um I was sitting there thinking about this, you know, the way that they have the bar decorated, the indoor-outdoor bar, this and all these, you know, fancy bottles. And I was like, what if each of these bottles had a different flavor of cocaine in them? Yeah. I was, like, thinking about, like, what if there was, like, Bombay cocaine and Tito's cocaine and, you know, like, looking at the whole, like, and and all of these fancy glasses that all the things are being poured in and... And I'm thinking, wow, this is like the biggest con job of all yeah. that big alcohol yeah. has done, in yeah. in the fact that like we wouldn't all, everyone wouldn't be sitting around going, yes, I'll take another of the the Bombay cocaine, please, uh, over you know whatever. Like that is a drug, and so is alcohol, but it's mm-hmm. been packaged up and dressed up to be this fancy, amazing, statusy thing. I think largely, and and then it bites. It hooks you and, it, yeah. and there's a bite to it and you get stuck in that cycle. And I have so much empathy for anybody who is in that place because I was there. And that's that other piece of it is like I have that opportunity as a fly on the wall to like see other people in it and go, gosh, you know, like I was in that too. But wow, like this is the biggest con of all of big alcohol. Yeah, it's so true. And I was actually like doing something. I don't know what I was doing. I was writing something, I think, about that today or yesterday about how, you know, the dopamine smack that we get from alcohol is the same dopamine smack that you get from heroin or cocaine or any Mm -hmm. other drug out there. It's just it comes at a different speed, right? And it just works a little bit different in our system because it goes faster, right? And you need like the the higher is higher, so you need more and and all of that stuff. But like, let's just be clear, it's doing the exact same thing in our body. And alcohol kills more people than all of those other drugs. Although I think then fentanyl just like kind of Mm -hmm. come out on top, I think like very recently because that's just horrible. But so to your point, like it is, it's just a massive con. And I hate talking about like, the scary stats about that stuff, because I wouldn't want to hear that if I was still yeah. drinking a bottle of wine every night, right? I would be like, I would turn off this podcast right now, but yeah. but don't turn it off. <laughs> don't turn it <laughs> off, because what we're just trying to tell you is like, we've all been duped, and you've been duped, and I've been duped, and we've all been duped, and it's doing the same thing that all the other drugs are doing. It just looks pretty, and I'm actually so excited, because One of my former clients, Sam, is going to come on and talk about this later this month for breast cancer awareness, October breast cancer awareness, and how big alcohol pink washes. Right, so they make Mm. alcohol with the pink breast cancer awareness ribbon on it, and I can't have have a free a free cocktail if you can show us your mammogram. She was literally part of these campaigns, and so she's going to come and talk to us later, but. Um, Let's go back to our topic. What are we talking about? No, what are you talking oh, about wait, again? Wait, I had something to say. Okay, so I think the things <laughs> all over the it. place. Decongestants are like ma- decongestants. Probably those are like illegal now in the U.S. Are they? Like you have to yeah. get them from behind a cabinet. Yeah, um, that's what I'm feeling right now. is this high from the decongestants. Yes, you're on fire. Don't but, I love it. Um, okay, but I think what the fear. Of forever mm-hmm. is very closely linked to right is the fear of failure and the fear of failure of like okay uh if i can't mm-hmm. do this forever i'm gonna somehow not do this i'm gonna fail right and that's where i always say what is the goal and you mentioned this earlier right it's not to quit drinking right but it's just about how do you want to feel like how do you want to feel i really don't give a flying Ferrari, as my mother used to say, about how many nights a week or drinking or how many glasses. Are, I just want you to feel better. That's yeah. what I want you to. That's what I want for you. That's what I want as your goal. Maybe that means more energy and maybe that means more patience with your kids. I don't know what it means for you, but, but if that's the goal, not only does that make us feel like it's not this behavior-based goal that feels yeah. totally unattainable, it's this feeling-based goal that makes us feel feel. I'm using the word feel a lot. Like it, <laughs> it it, feels good, right? Yeah. Well, and that is going to be the thing that keeps driving you towards not choosing to drink and then getting to that point where you're like, no, I literally have no desire to drink. That is exactly what will fuel, fuel you because you feel so good. You want to continue feeling good. It's so different than the feeling of when you're stuck in the drinking cycle. And I go back to like what William Porter said about, which I I love. I This is probably one of my favorite parts of the book because at, for a long time, I didn't have like language for this, but he makes it so punchy and simple. Um, you know, at a certain point, your drinking becomes just eliminating the noise in your head yeah. that is the, I, I you know, I don't want to drink, but I do want to drink. And am I going to drink? And how am I going to drink? And how am I going to control? And how am I going to not drink too much? And all of that. And like, I really want to take a break, but I don't want to take a little bit like that is exhausting. At a certain point, the drinking is literally just to shut up that noise. So it's not even at that point meeting those perceived benefits that we have, you know, initially the stories that it helps me relax, it helps me do all those things. It's like, no, literally, I just need it to stop the noise that I have in my head. We don't see yeah. that as the thing that is continuing, you know, to, to push along, but once you start to, when, when it is not a part of your life anymore and you don't have a a desire to drink it, like you feel so good and you're like, why the heck would I drink ever again? Like truly it's like, instead of like, do we have to say forever? We should say like, I get to say forever because I can't, you know, I can't imagine a time that I would ever say that I would choose that again. But also at the same time, maybe I will. I don't, I don't know. And I can if I want to. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to caveat that by saying that, like, we've had a lot of practice at this, right? Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we had a lot of practice of doing all of the things and figuring out if alcohol, like, made it better, right? We did a lot of that. Mm -hmm. We've done a lot of living, (laughs) living our lives in the last three slash four years, you know? so that we know this. And it takes time to know that, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's why the grace and the compassion and the curiosity and the exploration and the experimental mindset of all of this stuff is just so, so key. Because if you're exploring this for the first time and you have a drink, that's not a failure, right? You didn't didn't fail the no drinking goal, right? You're still learning. You're still growing. I mean, I know we've used this analogy a hundred times, but if you, this is yours by the way, if you felt during a marathon, <laughs> right, would you go back to the stir line? Would you quit? No, you'd get up and you keep going. So yeah. So if your goal is to change your desire, which really leads to freedom, if that, if that's the thing, you know, I love here, like, I love asking, you know, clients on a discovery call, like, what is your idea of freedom from alcohol? Like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that, what does that mean? And if it's just that behavior-based thing, it's that opportunity to like, no, like go a little bit further with that, because if it is just the behavior based, then yes, yeah. it, it it's understandable why you would think, OK, now I drank today. And so I have to start from scratch again. But no, like when we when we zoom out and realize it's not about and that was something that hit me. I'm like, oh, and side note, that is something that hit me when I was really first discovering this. I was like, it's not that I want to quit drinking because I was carrying both that like, actually, I still want to drink. It's that. When I took those breaks, I was still thinking about alcohol. And when I could drink it again, I wasn't drinking for those breaks. It was, and I was still miserable. It's that I wanted to not want to drink it. And and that's where, yeah, being remaining focused on if that, everyone I've worked with it to this point, it's freedom from alcohol is some version of wanting not to want to drink, wanting to not want to drink. Yeah. 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 I love that so much. It's so true. So shout out, shout out to uh, (laughs) Pastor David from our earlier, some of our earlier pods, but he in a sermon, I forget when this was, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant when it was, but he (laughs) talked about how information and application equal transformation. And I thought about how true that is of the, you know, freedom from alcohol journey. It's like, we can take in the new information so we can read the books and we can learn and we can watch the, you know, videos. And and those are all really important and really, really um, valuable. Like, I didn't know the way that alcohol affected my mind and my body and my brain. And I didn't, I had no idea. That was all very valuable. But that wasn't enough for me to change my desire to drink alcohol. I had to take that information and I had to apply it in some way. And that's where we, you know, I always talk about the experiential knowledge that we gain. So we have our head knowledge, and then we have this experiential knowledge or that application piece where it's like, I get to go out and be in a setting, you know, where everybody's drinking at this, you know, beautiful place. And I'm like, "Do do I want to do that? No, I don't. I have zero desire to do that. It has taken lots of reps of that to lock that, you know, to lock that in as truth for me. But that's, that's the beauty of like doing this work and, and having support while doing it. That's the other thing that I think is, um, worth, worth mentioning here, whether it's, you know, one to one with a coach or in a community where other people kind of get it, but like having that support of like, I'm walking through this, not necessarily where I am right now, because I literally haven't had a desire or temptation to drink in four years. But when you're starting out free from alcohol, like having that place to come back to and be like, you know what? Like, this is what I experienced this weekend. And wow, I'm actually starting to see that what I've learned about alcohol, even if it's through a growth point, like, yeah, I chose to drink tonight. And Hmm. yeah, it didn't do what I thought it would do. And I, cause I kept my mind open to it. Like that experimental mindset is so invaluable. It's the same thing you would do if you were trying like a new workout or a new you know, sport or something. Like, I'm going to go try pickleball. I'm Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. Maybe it'll serve me. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I get to decide. I'll try it. Okay, yeah, I kind of like it. Maybe I'll keep doing it. At some point, too, we also, I think, make the alcohol thing such a big deal. And it is. And it's also not. It's like if we could just look at it from the lens of, like, Zoom way out and say... Yeah. How is it serving me? How is it not serving me? What are what are those perceived benefits? And does it actually do that? That yeah. kind of experiential knowledge that we gain from that is going to pay dividends. It's going to lead to transformation of some, you know, of some sort. Now, Pastor David's was more about, you know, becoming more in Christ-likeness, obviously. But similarly, it's I, I think it's really true of, of this journey that is the freedom from alcohol journey, having both of those. Yeah. When you said the thing about pickleball, I was just thinking that like, that's actually, I feel like never how I ever approached any sort of like new learning in whether it was sport or anything, because Mm -hmm. it was always from the diet diet mentality. Right. And so I feel like they're so linked. Right. Because when you go into like, right, it's the same thing. There's so many correlations between eating and dieting and quitting drinking. Like it's just wild Mm -hmm. to me. And it also comes up with so many women I coach. But there's this whole idea, right, of like, you have to deprive you can't eat the thing that you really want because the thing that you really want whether it's a brownie or a bagel or whatever it is because that thing is so good and it holds so much benefit because it's the same thing right dopamine receptors flying off but if you can go to it from like i just want to feel better ditch the goal of like weighing a certain amount ditch the goal of what Mm -hmm. aesthetically you look like and just how you want to feel like that can be huge too in the whole dieting thing right like it's just like If you eat the bagel and it makes you feel bad, then you're not going to eat it if you know that there's like, it just doesn't make you feel good, right? It's just a whole different mindset. Like when I stopped drinking, I totally changed the way I viewed like dieting and food and all of that stuff. And I really applied a lot of what I learned like in doing this work into that work, right? And it's just like, oh, yeah, no, this really doesn't make me feel good. Like, I am not like a holier-than-thou, like crazy health goddess by any stretch. Do not get me wrong. But I've been trying to be better about my sugar. And I went to a girlfriend's 40th birthday on Friday. And there was gluten-free cake. And I was like, yes, please. I will definitely have a piece of cake, right? And Mm -hmm. I felt so jittery after. (laughs) Like I literally couldn't. I could barely drive because like the sugar just like smacked me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it feels. It was like a total growth point for me. I was like, this is what it feels like when you eat a massive amount of sugar when you've, like, not had it for a while. This is how it makes you feel, right? Like, yes. so is so is the birthday, and uh, please don't come for me, but, like, is the birthday really a treat then, right? Like, yeah. maybe I should have had half. I don't know. Maybe next time... I will share a slice with someone. I don't know. I'm just learning and growing. But I think there's so many parallels. Does that make sense or am I making no sense? (laughs) No, it does because no, I can totally relate to that because you're exactly right. Like so, like my pickleball example, I when I was stuck in drinking cycle, I would have said, I can't no, I'm not doing pickleball. Even though that might sound like fun, it would not burn enough calories. It would not, you know, fit the goal of the weight loss and the, you know, the firming and the toning and all of that in my head, it would be, no, it, unless I'm unless I'm on the verge of throwing up from a workout, like that's the yeah. sign of a good workout. It's the same. Whereas like now that whole one of the other amazing gifts of being free from alcohol is that like I get to ask those questions that I never knew I could ask before. and And just yeah. even asking those questions, there's so much value in that because again, it puts you in that place of like being able to choose for yourself. And so you chose that piece of cake. It's not like you just happened to eat it. Like that's that's a different feeling than I chose yeah. it. Now I get to see like, how does it feel? Well, it didn't make me feel so good. Okay. So maybe I'll do it differently next time. Maybe, maybe I won't. Whereas, you know, like for being out of town this week at the beach, I had the old story that said you should go into the fitness center to get a real workout because a walk on the beach is not going to be as good. And this is a this is a story that would have, I wouldn't have even had before. It would have been a like, you know, no question, no brainer. I have to hit that fitness center and get my workout, my hardcore workout in. And it was funny that it crept back up because it's been a while since I've had that no, that old story in. And, and I was like, wait a minute, you no, know, like, what is what is the purpose of moving my body now? It's not for you know all of those things I was so tightly wound around before. It was. I'm at this beautiful place. There's a beach. No, like it feels more enjoyable to be outside in nature. If I want to start running, I'll start running. If I don't, I'll continue walking. Like if the goal is different to your point, you know, from earlier, if it's not a behavior-based goal or a, you know, aesthetic, like how we want to look goal, and it's more about how we want to feel, that's that's the beauty of, of being able to ask those questions and Not beat ourselves, you know, beat ourselves up when it's like, okay, well, yeah, I did go into the fitness and whatever, and it was fine, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think another reason Mm -hmm. that the forever thing freaks people out is the fact that if you're not drinking forever, you have to be constantly on guard, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think when you stop drinking, so so many things open up, right? And and you learn how to do so many things, and you learn how to set boundaries and you learn what you enjoy and you learn where you want to be and who you want to spend time with and how you want to spend your money and all these things. And if you're at the beginning of this journey right now, then you're like, Christy, what are you talking about? But just trust me. (laughs) Yeah. Like you get to a point where like you do, right? You start designing a life that you love and you start hanging around people that like you really enjoy and you're really intentional about who you spend time with. And so in addition to that, you just, because you're practicing all the time and you have so much you've learned, right? Like you, you get good at like being really confident in this, right? And so I'm just here to say today that that is not (laughs) editing, right? Like you don't have to be on guard all the time. Like you're not Mm going to feel that weirdness, right? Of somebody like second guessing you when you order the mocktail at the bar or wherever forever, because you just get to a point where, like, you're so confident in yeah. your response and you're so surrounded by the people that probably aren't going to second guess you anyway, that it's just, it's not, right? Your life just changes like that. I'll never forget. We were sitting at a members club here at the arts club, I think, in, yeah, like maybe a year ago. I don't know. And I was with a group of, of girls that were at the same barbecue where I first, like, <laughs> came out so to speak with my like i'm I not drinking right and everyone was like what do you mean and like oh my gosh and like but you're drinking diet coke that gives you cancer matt and you're like you're gonna get breast cancer don't. and i was and literally telling everyone that they were gonna die um from all the things <laughs> but but the way that my life has changed right like it's just like it rolled off my tongue it was no big deal i l- opened the mo- like the mocktail list Ordered it. Nobody said a thing, mm-hmm. right? And of course, these are good friends, so they're they get it by now. But it's also I remember feeling so confident and assured in that moment that like they could have done it again. They could have done it again, and I would have like handled it so differently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. That and that's something that I think is really. Re- I remember we had Jeff Salzy on the pod, and he was saying this too. Like that's something that I think is really hard at the beginning to see that is going you know, that is possible. It's yeah. that confidence because I almost I mean, I never would have imagined that I would be in a place where like I almost like shout from the rooftops like, hey, I'll take the strawberry mule, but no, no alcohol. alcohol. Like, yeah. Instead of being like, Hey, can I get yeah. the virgin right. strawberry right. mule? Like where no yeah. one hear me. I'm like, yeah. hey, it has no alcohol, right? Okay. Right. Good. Like I don't want yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like yes. I can <laughs> I can be a little obnoxious about it. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but um, because I, you know, anyway, whatever. Um, But that's something that comes with the reps, with the practice, with the experiential knowledge, with the time that you're like going through going, no, I really do feel so good because it's almost, did you feel like this? Like Finding freedom from alcohol was like this giant, I always talk about it, I've said this publicly before, I thought it was like the last piece of my puzzle, like the missing piece. But it really was like this like giant wake up to my life to like all that like it's and this is where I'll say that it's, you know, it's about the alcohol, but it's not about the alcohol in a good way where the alcohol was just making it really um, easy to stay stuck and on autopilot and just like robotic and reactive and just always in defense mode, and just you know, whatever the rules and the rigidity, all of that. And whereas freedom from alcohol has led me to that place of the confidence in, like, this is what I want, or this is what I don't want, and I'm okay yeah. with that. And it, yeah. if it if it makes me different, and I get to question, I get to say myself, like, yeah, oh, what I want to drink. Why? Why would I? Add two to three ounces of ethanol to my my strawberry mule. Like that's insanity to me now, but that was so foreign to me four years ago. It, it would have it, I did I did not get it, and so yeah, I have so much, so much empathy for people starting that. And yeah, when you said that, I was just wondering like if that's how like we also like got like back on fire for Jesus and realigned with our faith, right? Because it was just like. Hmm. So kind of the same in that way, and I want to do an episode on that all together, like about how there mm-hmm. is so much you know sober curiosity and being curious about God or Jesus or Christianity is like so similar, right? Yeah. because you kind of have to just like abandon everything that you think that you know and figure out what is really, really true, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. you you get to ask those questions. like who knew there there was a way of um, being in life where you've got to ask questions and you've got to live with intention and choice, and and you get to like look at those beliefs, whatever they are. That was one of the things that I was, I think, I was scared of because I'd heard, you know. And then you start to question everything, and that can be kind of scary. And it's like, no, that is where that's where all the goodness comes because it led me right right into you know a, a deeper relationship with with Jesus that I never could have imagined. Um, Same. Whereas before it was just something else on my to do list, like everything else that I just had to kind of get through. Um, And that, yeah, that's a really it's a really good point. It's the curiosity, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the curiosity, but it's also just it's so great that we actually then do have. Like you know, we talk about like finding out what's true. Like as Christians, we we, we get that we hold we have, we get to hold it in our hands, right? Like we have the Bible, like we have it, like we have the truth. We were just like I, I, I'm not gonna speak for you. I'll speak for me, like ignoring it for a really long time, right? Like just, no, you can speak for me. That's that's so true. <laughs> yeah, That's so yeah. true. Oh my gosh, again. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it is. It is really good. <laughs> It is, but to your point too, like it is something that. Um, well, maybe this wasn't your point, but I'll make mine. <laughs> my my next little sidebar here, all in our own way. Like I think that's what when we when we can kind of look at this too is like I, I I feel like for me if I reflect back on like my whole last five six years I can see where alcohol had to hit that max pain point for me where because. When I first started this like journey, so to speak, I was sure it was not alcohol that was the cause of it. I was willing to do anything else but look at how yeah. wine was taking up so much space in my life. Then I finally got to the point where I was like, wait, it's not just drinking on weekends anymore. It's now weekends include Thursday and Sunday, and now weekends include Wednesday and Tuesday and Monday. And oh, gosh, now I'm drinking every night. And as long as it's not the whole bottle, but oh, my gosh, what about the nights when it is more than a bottle? Like... Once it really finally hit that pain point, that's when I, you know, had that moment. Where everybody worked, school, and I fell to my knees and said, "God, like, uh, okay, I I've been trying to do it my way. Can you, can you please take over? Like, I know you're here and you've been waiting for me yeah. to like surrender that control to you, as if I had control." But and asking for help, which then led like opening the door to being able to look at all of my beliefs and reaffirm them with the Bible. Like I had to kind of do that as like a warm-up or in a sense with alcohol first. Like yeah. let me learn about the truth of alcohol. Like what does it do? And then let me get that experiential knowledge. I've been on the same journey with my faith that's deepened my faith more in the last three years than the whole rest of my life combined because I've yeah, gotten same. more information. I've, you know, been spent more time in my Bible learning about God, about who he is, about who he says I am. And about my, you know, the plan for my life and all of that. And I'm getting that experiential knowledge being around people who also keep pointing me to Jesus and who live from, from and for Jesus. And for me, my journey, I can see where like maybe alcohol was the beginning. It was not yeah. the last piece that set everything into into place and and provided my P E A C E. It was literally like the first piece that led to the bigger piece that comes from, you know, knowing and being known by God. Yeah. I always think of it as like the first domino, right? In like a good way. Like once the alcohol, like domino fell, all the Mm -hmm. other ones, it opened it up for that. Yeah. And I was going to say too, so when we talk about like, do we, do we have to save forever? It's almost like, you know, it goes back to that, you know, how we coach people around like, no, like we get to do this. Like we get to do this work as a result. So you can say whatever. No, you don't have to say forever. You can't say forever. It's up to you. How does it feel each way to say that? Like, yeah, explore it yeah. for yourself. Yeah. We're never telling you what to do, guys, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Are there any gentlemen here? I don't know. Ladies, yeah. we're not telling you ever what to do. We're just telling you what's worked for us. So if you want to say forever out of the gate, then do it. Yeah. But if and- it scares the bejeebies out of you, what is a bajibi? I don't know. Then don't use it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Then don't and maybe you'll get to a place like we are where we're like yeah no i like i get to live like this forever oh my gosh like i i get to live free from the desire from alcohol i mean how amazing and i get to experience all that i've all the abundance of life walking with jesus in a different renewed amazing way than i than i ever did before i mean what could be what could be better you know, we love that so much. I was just going to like kind of wrap us up, go back to like the whole idea of like FOMO for a bit, because I also think it's mm-hmm. so helpful to to mention that like, if the fear of forever is because of the, you know, the missing out on a future occasion, because you haven't tackled that, that benefit that you still really hold to be true as the sky is blue about alcohol, right? Like if I can say anything to help, you're if you're on this journey and you're really looking at this right you're listening to this podcast you're reading stuff like you you really want to like throw the book at this and you're working on it then you're, you have no idea how you're gonna feel at your son's wedding in 150 years you know what i mean you have no idea what you're gonna. but seriously you don't have any idea how you're really gonna feel or what you're really gonna know and you know what real experiential knowledge you're gonna have in even like a couple weeks right you just don't know so it's just like take the take the fomo take the fear of like whatever the future thing is that you're freaked out about off the table because you literally have no idea no idea right how you're gonna feel i had a client recently that did a really big like amazing vacation i think it was a 50th anniversary party and um and I think I think she maybe had gone and had like a a drink, right? But it was it was a dramatic change in her drinking, dramatic. Mm-hmm. And um, I said to her, I was like, "Did you ever, in a million gajillion years, think that that was mm-hmm. how that was going to go? That you had maybe the one glass of champagne and then decided it was wasn't really doing it for you, and then you had a really awesome night?" And she was like, "Not in a million years." I'm obviously paraphrasing, and like. Changing the details to, <laughs> to protect client confidentiality here, but it was that was the, that was the point, right? It's like never in a million mm-hmm. gajillion years would I ever ever think that I would have felt that way at that party. Oh, that is so good. I know, yeah. Like it's that it's that question of like what is possible. We're so sure that we're going to miss out. We're so sure that it's going to be a, a daily slog. We're so sure that we're really going to want that glass of champagne at our son's wedding in hundred years. But, but is it also possible that none of those things will be true? I mean, yeah. And I mean, having, having that experience that going into something with that mindset of, of choice. And this is one thing I always say to my clients. I'm like, let's do, regardless of what you want alcohol to look like in your life, like let's do whatever we do from a place of, Choice, not just that autopilot. So that's generally like that first first step in starting that journey. When we start coaching together, it's choosing to drink versus that automatic. Like for me, it was always that easy button. I was there was there was a point where I wasn't even just choosing it. Like literally, uh, the wine was choosing me. And um, so, even just starting from that place of like, okay, like I'm going to pay attention to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask myself questions. I'm gonna be mindful while I do this. Because at any point I get to say yes, this is working for me, and I don't want to do it anymore, or I, I don't want to have another glass, or wh- whatever it is. Like if you're at, if you're coming from that place of curiosity, it keeps you in that place of being able to choose it consciously, mindfully, with intention. So um, even if yeah. you find yourself, I mean, I, maybe me in in thirty years when my son is getting married, well, I can ask the same question that I like to. I like, I mean, I wouldn't always say do this, but I love going, okay, like, am I really just trying not to drink or do I really not want this? That's why I always ask, like, in situations where I was this weekend where I was like, do I, do I want that? Nope. Still don't want that. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Um, Maybe in 30 years will I, at my son's wedding, will I go, do I want this? I can have that if I want. Huh. And either I will or I won't, depending on if I want it or not. But if you're not even asking the question and you're just, Automatically hitting that easy button like that is a place that leads to nowhere for sure. That's that was a place that I was headed and I was stuck in for for a while there at the end. Yeah. Well, let's do our tiny Tina's. My tiny Tina is if you're getting really tripping up over the whole forever thing, then redefine the goal. Right. Go back and redefine the goal, and make it a goal based on how you want to feel, not about how much you want to drink. Mm-hmm. and grace, compassion, and curiosity, always, forever. What's yours? Legit, I don't have one. That is perfect. <laughs> Stop it. I know. This is a record. This is a <laughs> history-making. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I, love it. I love it. It's perfect. I love well, it. end it on that. Amazing. Well, thank you, ladies, for listening. We will see you next Monday. And, and there's a form in the show notes. If you ever want to get in touch with either of us, there is a form there. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what y'all, what, what y'all, what questions y'all have. Yeah. And yeah, if you, you have a burning question about what this looks like and yeah, whatever, like we, we will, we will spill all. So yes, so we're send us a message. Books. We are open books. And if there's an episode you want us to record on, is there something we haven't touched on yet? If there's a guest you want us to get, like we're going to try. <laughs> so yeah, put it in yeah. the forum. Thank y'all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com and make sure you follow us over on the gram at lovelifesoberwithchristie and mead at I'm not sober, I'm free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.